I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is made possible by our supporters over on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get your own RSS feed with ad-free shows and extra episodes every month, then head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. And it is another Monday night here at the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins. And my name is Derek Diamond. So you went on a little adventure last week. Tell us all about it. I did. So uh, as you might remember from last week's episode, um, I mentioned that my short film, The Feature, was playing at the Chinese Theater in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. Um, It played this past Friday. And so my wife and I went out. uh, We flew out early Tuesday morning. And, um, you know, spent a few days out there, got back uh, Saturday night. But it was a really, really fun trip. We got to, uh, for those that are in our Discord, uh, I posted a few pictures mm-hmm. of my trip to Super Nintendo World yeah. at Universal. And that was, um, it, it was really like a cool experience. Because like, even as a kid in going to Disney World, I said to myself, I wish that there was a, like, Mario theme park. Uh-huh. and it it was packed with people. I still need to send you guys the video, but we could like barely walk through the park because of how busy it wow. was. Wow! And Universal in Hollywood is much more. It's contained and more spread out at the same time. If that makes sense, hmm. so all the sections are smaller. Yeah. But things like Nintendo World, um, they do have a Jurassic Park area. You have to go down like five or six escalators or flights of stairs to get to it because it's like at the bottom of a hill and some of it's built on top of one so that that made for a little bit of extra walking Hmm. but it it was still really cool you know we got to do a cool um studio tour um that was also part of the park Uh, we went to live tar pits where they're actively excavating fossils from like mammoths and you know like saber-toothed tigers and whatnot they find any yoshi bones (laughs) I looked, but unfortunately, uh, they did not. So, um, yeah, then that and just went to the festival and then uh, came back, came back Saturday and have been missing it ever since. Nice. So how did the how did the uh, how was the showing of the movie? It was really good. It was um, there were more people in the theater than than last time, which was nice. Um, It was in it it was in a pretty decent sized theater. It's like not like IMAX level, but. You know, for like a normal theater seating, it's about normal. And it was, I'd say, a third of the way full of people. And people laughed when I hoped they would. <laughs> um, it got some good reactions. So, good. Um, and got a nice round of applause afterwards. So it was, it was well worth it. No movie execs throwing blank checks at you yet, huh? No, no, not yet. <laughs> so, no, I wouldn't have come back if that were the case. Yeah. I, I would have had to get my laptop shipped to, uh, to do the show. Yeah, we went to uh, Pentacon this weekend, and um, it was a little 
not as uh it was kind of low key this year like it just wasn't i don't know it didn't feel as uh as busy as it usually does uh, and there definitely wasn't as much cosplay as there has been in the past so i was a little I don't know, it just seemed a little not quite as boisterous as it has been in previous years. Yeah, that's interesting because, you know, that's one of my favorite things to see at Pensacon is all the cool outfits that your people spend weeks prepping for Pensacon. And they're like really intricate and really cool. Um, I've seen a little bit on um, on my social feeds about, you know, people that, that went said they had a good time, which is which was a cool thing. So, um, you know, hopefully we'll get to, uh, we'll get to be back to our normal routine next year where we we'll yeah. get to do a couple of panels and whatnot. So, yeah. Um, me and Angelina went this year and we went to the, the Buffy panel with, uh, uh, Spike and Cordelia and, um, can't remember his name. We actually interviewed him on open micers a while back. He's, um, I can't remember his name now, Chris, I think, but he's a, um, uh, he's the one that sculpted all he, the, 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 okay. the yeah. monsters and everything. And uh, I feel bad. I can't remember his name right now, but I'm old and I'm, I'm, I can't remember people's names anymore. So that's, that's on me. No, but it's, I, I saw, um, Angelina's picture she posted with, um, yeah. Charisma Carpenter. So yeah, that, that's, that's her. cool. That was, uh, yeah. that was a fun day and, um, we didn't spend the whole day. At Pensacon, we just kind of went for a few hours, and then other than that, we did, we just went, did a few things, and then came back home. So it was it was a nice little trip, but you know it was it, it was weird not having everybody there. I got to see Mike Eveland, our good friend Mike Eveland from B Res Coffee was there. I got to talk to him for a little bit, but uh, saw Steve for a little bit. Our good friend Steve Wise, he wasn't working there this year, but he did have a booth for his new books that mm-hmm. he's got coming out and uh but he was still kind of working because people were constantly texting him and asking him how to do stuff at the con so poor guy like he quit and he still has to work he and i have talked about that that's <laughs> that's all i'll say but yeah mike actually got to to moderate some panels yeah um over the over the weekend yeah i talked to him this morning and that's that's really cool. Like it, it's it's fun to do that kind of stuff, you yeah. know. And it, the fact that he had the opportunity to do it was was really cool. Yeah, it was just a little weird, you know. The usual crew wasn't there this year. Like Wally wasn't there. Uh, a lot of our friends weren't really there this year. So, and I, I didn't get to see Jeremy Branch. Um, I didn't get to see him this year because he was running the the film festival. But you know, like you do what you can and run into the people you can, and because. <laughs> You know, it's kind of way more spread out than it used to be. Yeah, gone are the days where everything's at the base center and yep. the the Grand Hotel, which is still a wreck. Yeah, I'm all sure. These years later, but um, yeah, no, they had most everything at the at the right place where we did our panels last year. So mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to be different next year. We'll we have a little less than a year to see. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah, but no, it was it was cool that you know you still got to go, and hopefully everybody that went had a good time. Yeah, but uh, we got some news to get to this evening. You want to go ahead and jump into it? Yes, sir. Here we go. If you have a news story you'd like us to cover, send them to nerdcaveretro at gmail dot com. And the first story tonight comes from I am the Rampage, and this is. From IGN.com, Rocket Knight Adventures Resparked Collection official trailer dropped uh, the other day. The trailer showcases the new boss rush mode, uh, the all-new boost mode, and more. Rocket Knight Adventures Resparked Collection features three titles in one game. The follow the journey of Sparkster to defend the kingdom from an army of pigs. Rocket Knight Adventures Respark Collection is coming to Nintendo Switch, PS5, and PS4 and um I watched the trailer for it and it's I did as well. It's Rocket Knight. So if you're if you listen to our review and you're uh interested in playing some really cool probably one of the best games we played in a while, I think. Um if you're interested in playing it, it's coming out soon and I would highly recommend picking up a copy of this. Yeah, this is really cool. It's interesting that you know this happens soon after 
we did our review mm-hmm. and we talked about you know the sequels that we didn't even know existed so mm-hmm. now you know, if we pick this up we'll get a chance to play them and uh potentially review them but the trailer looks really cool yeah uh, you know it 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 has that rocket knight feel i like games like that so yeah. th- this will probably be something i pick up uh, I I don't see what it's gonna cost, but you can do um, you can pre-order it now at uh, limitedrungames.com, and I, I didn't look that up though the price. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. Let's see. I would think thirty bucks maybe. Of course, it's not the. Uh, let's see. PS Five. The Ultimate Edition is. 135. Ouch. <laughs> um the standard version for PS4 is 35. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. 30, 35 bucks. That's actually not bad. That's pretty much what I was expecting. Let me ask you this, because I, I see this on the their page as well. Is Felix the Cat having some kind of a resurgence? I guess it is, because there There was a, a new... section of Felix merchandise at Universal. I kid you not. Huh. So I'm like, is is he making a comeback? I don't know. I mean, I've got a Felix the Cat wall clock downstairs that I've had for like 20 years. You know, the kind of is a wall clock where his tail, you know, yeah. goes back and forth. I've had that forever. But, I mean, is Felix the Cat something that people really still know about? Anybody under the age of 40? <laughs> I I vaguely know about Felix the Cat. Like, I remember the old cartoons, but I don't really know much about him other than that. Oh, maybe he's making a comeback. We'll see. Maybe so. Uh, From NintendoLife.com, five more classic Rareware games come to Nintendo Switch, but not the classic Rare games that you might be thinking of. Um, As part of the direct partner showcase that happened last week, Nintendo has announced that five of the now Microsoft-owned Rares titles will be available um, as of last week via Nintendo Switch Online. The games are, for the NES, Snake Rattle and Roll and RC Pro-Am. From Super Nintendo, Battletoads and Battle Maniacs and Killer Instinct. And Nintendo 64, Blast Core. So... I'm interested in playing RC Pro-Am because I've, I mean, we've talked about it with gaming history for the last few years, but I've never played it, so I'll mm. get the chance to. Killer Instinct is a fun fighting game. Excited about that. wonder if it holds um, up. because I, 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 I thought Killer Instinct was great back in the day, but I haven't seen it since then. There were a lot of people on Twitter that were upset that <laughs> Diddy Kong Racing wasn't announced, Banjo-Tooie wasn't announced. Mm-hmm. There was this rumor going around that there is going to be a like true sequel to Banjo-Kazooie, and I don't know if that's going to happen. Mm. I would love it, but I'll believe it when they drop the trailer. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I would love to see it, but I'd highly doubt that's going to happen. Yeah, because it's been a long time since we've had a Banjo-Kazooie game. I think Nuts and Bolts came out in 2008. Mm-hmm. So that's, or maybe 2010. So either late, late 2000s or early 2010s. So it's been a long time. I mean, these, these games aren't bad and I'm cool. I'm glad that they gave Rare some love. But you could have put Banjo-Tooie on. Yeah. There. Come on. <laughs> Mushmouth in the chat says, RC Pro-Am is one of the most okay games of all time. I like RC Pro-Am. That was, I have a lot of fond memories of playing RC Pro-Am as a kid. So of all the games that I could play, it's definitely one of them, is what he's saying. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, these are all Fair pretty enough. pretty decent games. Snake Rattle and Roll is a good game. I don't remember Blast Core at all. Like, that's just new to me. I never played it, but I remember it being released. And yeah, I agree with Mushmouth. I just want to Conquer's Bad Fur Day sequel. Yeah. I have highly, highly <laughs> doubt that happens, but yeah, it was set up so perfectly for a sequel, and they just never, never did it. Uh, and this is from Deseret.com. I guess that's how it's pronounced. 
Uh, on Wednesday morning, Nintendo announced through Nintendo Direct a set of new games and series of previous games from other consoles coming to the Switch. Um, this is a huge list, so we'll just kind of go through some of the big ones here. Uh, we just talked about all the ones that just dropped for the online. Uh, then we've got Contra o Operation Galuga coming in March, uh, uh, March 12th. Star Wars Battlefront Classic Collection on March I'm 14th. I'm excited for that. Uh, South Park Snow Day on March 26th. Uh, let's see. World of Goo 2, May 23rd. Uh, did you ever play World of Goo? That I is did a not. Really fun game that I I that I was on Steam years and years and years ago that I played. I, it's I don't think it ever went to any other platforms other than Steam. So this is kind of kind of cool that they have a wor uh, World of Goo two coming out. Uh, what else? We got Monster Hunter Stories coming in the summer 2024. And here's something I know uh, Wally's a bit on the on the fence about this one, but Disney Epic Mickey rebrushed. Coming in 2024. I know he liked the first one, but I don't think anybody liked that second game, including our good friend Wally. I never played either of them, so I'm really excited that Rebrushed is coming out for, for the Switch. Because uh, it gives me a chance to play it. You know, I love the look of it. I like the fact that they used Mickey's, like, original design for the game. It, it seems really fun, so I'm I'm excited to to sit down and play it. But yeah, I remember people did not like that second game at yeah. all. <laughs> yeah. There's, this is a really large list of games coming for the switch. So there's something for everybody on this. Uh, oh, and super monkey ball, banana rumble coming June 25th. Who doesn't love super monkey ball? Yeah, for real. <laughs> Let's see. Our last story comes to us from, Polygon.com, Konami's re-releasing one of the rarest Game Boy Advance games. Uh, get, getting your hands on a copy of Ninja 5.0 for Game Boy Advance would normally cost you hundreds of dollars in 2024, and that's just for a loose cartridge. Complete copies of the game have sold for 700 or Jeez. more on eBay in recent months. But there will soon be a much cheaper way to play Konami and Hudson Soft's beloved GBA action side-scroller thanks to a re-release from Limited Run Games. They've announced uh, Wednesday that Ninja 5.0 is coming to Switch, PS4, and PS5 later this year. Ninja 5.0 is running on Limited Run's Carbon Engine, the same tech that will run Konami's Felix the Cat and Rocket Knight Adventures collections, which go up for pre-order March 3rd through the 10th. So that is next week. So I think that answered your question about Felix the Cat. <laughs> I think we talked yeah. about this not too long ago. I forgot that Konami was doing this. Konami's actually doing stuff. Yeah, this, this is cool. I don't really remember Ninja 5.0. I don't either. It's, it's, not, it's not really sparking any kind of memory for me. So, I mean, I think it's cool because the game is so rare mm -hmm. and, you know, people are spending hundreds of dollars on it and now you can... You could play it for a much more affordable price. Yeah, you would think something made by Konami and Hudson Soft would have garnered a little more attention, but I don't remember this game at all. This is the first I've heard of it. And there's a, there's a reveal trailer on the article, and I, I didn't get a chance to watch it before we started, so I do apologize for that, but I, I'll definitely watch it after... Um, the show's ended. But it, this is cool. It's cool that, you know, these these classic games are getting some attention yeah um well before we go into this month of video game history i do want to let you know that nerd cave retro is proudly sponsored by our mobile game partner globe glider and if you like action adventure platforms and we know you do globe glider is for you making a donation to the game using our partnership is quick and easy just simply hit the donate button and select nerd cave retro as your referral partner to unlock sweet in-game prizes like an exclusive Nerd Cave Retro Cape. So download Globe Glider today on the App Store or Google Play. And now it is time for this month in video game history. <laughs> on February 21st of 1986, Nintendo releases The Legend of Zelda. Never heard of it. The first game in The Legend of Zelda series. Yeah. 
boy, this didn't really amount to anything, did it? (laughs) (laughs) Not much. No. Just that one game, and that's it. That's all they got. Just that one. No, I mean, it's... It's the game that got me into video gaming, so I can't I can't ever knock it. Not that I would, because I still think the original Legend of Zelda is a fantastic game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it honestly gets a little overlooked because of games like Link to the Past, oh, sure. like Ocarina of Time, and now you know Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom. It all had to start somewhere, and I would put the original Legend of Zelda above you know some of the other titles in the series. Yeah, Mushmouth Legend of what? <laughs> I say yeah, it's... If, if you've played any Legend of Zelda games and you've never gone back and played the original, I say give, at least give it one good shot to play. I think it's totally worth it to go back and see where it all began. And Mushmouth is right. It, the first game holds up so well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean I... They, they used it as a template when they were designing Breath of the Wild. I mean, I would say if you don't have the map that originally came with the game or, you know, if you don't have a ton of time to devote to the game like we did as kids, I would say definitely use a walkthrough to make it a little easier on you uh, or you're going to be just burning bushes for and, and trying to explode walls for weeks on end before you figure out what you're, where you're supposed to be going and what you're doing. A lot of using the candle walk off screen, yeah. come back, use the candle again, <laughs> rinse and repeat. Yeah, so I would definitely say if you've never played it and you're, you want to go back, just use use a walk walkthrough. I would suggest that. Yeah, I would as well. In February of 1989, Atari Games releases the Hard Driving Arcade game with filled polygon 3D graphics, physics simulation, and a force feedback steering wheel. There's something satisfying about playing a racing game in an arcade in one of those cabinets with the steering wheel. Oh, absolutely. I, I love a good sit-down driving arcade game. So even the, I, do you remember, um, what was the ones that um, it was actually shaped like a, uh, a crotch rocket bike and you had to lean oh, to the geez. sides? Which one was yes. that? I can't remember, but those were fun. Uh, was that... Um... Oh, it wasn't uh, Road Rash or something like that. Was I? I know Road Rash was a Genesis game, but was it also an arcade game? Let's see. I think Road so. Rash I used arcade. to love that one. Let's see. I was an arcade game, I believe. Here, let me look this up real quick. Um. No, it was for Sega Genesis, Amiga, the Master System, Game Gear, and Game Boy. Hmm. I don't. I'm sure somebody will correct us on what the actual but I, arcade. I know what you're was. talking about, though. Those those cabinets where you had to physically yeah. lean from left to right. Yeah, those were fun. Uh, let's see, February 26th of 1998, Capcom releases X Men vs. Street Fighter for the PlayStation in Japan. I had no idea there was an X-Men versus Street Fighter game. I didn't either, and now I want to play this. (laughs) I know, it sounds amazing. Oh, we haven't talked about this. Did you see the X-Men 97 trailer? Uh, Yes, I did. Oh. I can't wait. I cannot. Oh, it's going to be so good. (laughs) Oh, did you start the new season of uh, the last season of The Bad Batch yet? Not yet. Oh, it's it's gotten dark. It's gotten real dark. (laughs) I had a feeling that it might. February 22nd, speaking of dark, of 1999, Sierra reorganizes to cut costs in what is widely referred Mm. to as the Chainsaw Monday layoffs, closing several studios and their iconic former headquarters in Oakhurst, California. Some employees were given the option to relocate to their new headquarters in Bellevue, Washington. At least they kept it in the same (laughs) coast area and time zone. Chainsaw Monday sounds epic. It's that gives me an idea for a short film where someone just like loses their shit in their yeah. office. <laughs> Chainsaw and, Monday. Yep. Chainsaw Monday. <laughs> uh that actually we should work on that. That sounds like a yeah. good that's that sounds like a Bloomhouse movie. We'll we'll get uh we'll get Wally on the horn <laughs> and get him in on it too. Uh February 9th of 2002, Super Mario Advance 2 Super Mario World is released for the Game Boy Advance in North America. 
we talk about how confusing the Final Fantasy numbering system is. Yeah. <laughs> the Advance is far worse because Super Mario Advance 1 is Super Mario Brothers 2. Super Mario Advance 2 is Super Mario World. So they skipped over 3. <laughs> yeah, I think 3 was Super Mario Advance 4. Because that totally makes sense. Okay. But either way, I loved playing Super Mario Advance 2 because Mario World is one of my favorite games of all time. And it blew my mind when the Game Boy Advance came out because I'm like, I can play the Super Nintendo games I loved on a handheld. So that was really cool. And finally, speaking of handhelds, February 14th of 2003, the Game Boy Advance SP is released in Japan. I tried to find it before we went on the air, but I couldn't. I still have my Game Boy Advance SP NES edition, hmm. where it, it when you open it, it looks like um, a classic NES controller with wow. the same skin and everything. It, it's really cool, <laughs> cool, and I've made it a point to, to keep it in good condition, because as soon as I saw that it was you know, available, I'm like, I, I need to have this. Hell yeah. But I, I love the Game Boy Advance SP. It's one of my favorite handheld systems because you can you can play Game Boy Advance games on it. It has a light-up screen, and you can fold it and put it in your pocket. Nice. But uh, but that brings us to the end of the, the this month in video game history, and we're ready to go into our Patreon shout-out. So, Derek, would you like to do our shout-outs for us? And guess what? Two! Count them! Two new patrons! Not one but two new patrons. We want to shout out our awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. Our newest patrons, Nick W. and Eld the Zombie. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, yup Fed, a.k.a. Knife. James, a.k.a. at Jimbo Jr. over on our Discord. Travis Martin. Raven. Danny House. Justin Nispel. John West. Daniel Salmon. Mr. B-Rez Coffee himself, Mike Eveland. Tyler Watson. Axeblade 07, Armez Jackson, Carlos Longoria, a.k.a. I am the Rampage, Rampage. Steph Sergeant Sketch, Gus and Penny, Matthew Salmon, Mr. Joey Image, and last but not least, Mama Diamond. Donna Diamond, thank you all so much for your continued contributions and keeping the lights on for us here at the Nerd Cave Retro Podcast. For as little is a dollar a month and i said this last week and i'll say it again i found a dollar in loose change around my house when i was cleaning before before our trip so it's pretty easy to find if you if you know where to look and Mm -hmm. just for as little as that you get your own rss feed with ad-free versions of the episodes and you get early access to our fun commentary tracks like earlier this month we watched an episode of real ghostbusters and uh, in just a couple of days, we'll be recording another commentary track. Yeah, we're gonna. I think we're gonna be doing some uh, <clears throat> some original He Man and the Masters of the Universe uh, episodes. So I think we're gonna do the first two episodes of that for this month. Uh, this month's commentary. I couldn't tell you the last time I've watched that show, so I'm gonna go in almost completely cold because it's it's been so long since I've watched it. It's gonna be like watching it for the first time again. Uh, I watched, uh, I've rewatched the first couple episodes during COVID and let me tell you, they don't hold up that great. So we're going to have a good discussion. (laughs) Oh, good. That makes me happy. Yeah. We've done numerous other commentary tracks too, like uh, other animated series like Gargoyles, Darkwing Duck, Tailspin, uh, full length movies like Transformers, the movie Clue, Christmas Vacation, Batman 89, the list is near endless on what we've done. So if you want to be a part of our awesome Patreon community, just head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. And for new patrons, be sure to send us your social media info, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, so we can give you a proper shout out. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And tonight... We're going to be talking about It's so jaunty. <laughs> Somebody needs to make a little... make a gif out of you doing that. <laughs> uh that'll be my legacy on this podcast, that and rampage. rampage. <laughs> yeah, so um Tonight, I'm going to be talking about Adventures of Lolo, which is a puzzle video game released in 1989 by HAL Laboratory for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Uh, it was released in uh, North America in April of 1989 and in Europe the 21st of February 1991. So my introduction to this game was fairly unique. Uh, it's a kind of a two-part quick story. So the first one I mentioned last week, I remember reading an article about it um, in Nintendo Power back in the day. And it seemed like a fun game. You know, I didn't have that much time with the NES other than playing Zelda, um, the Mario games, and Duck Hunt. I don't really have that many memories of the original Nintendo Entertainment System. but my actual introduction to the characters was in Kirby's Dreamland because they appear as boss characters hmm. named Lolo Lo and La La La. And I remember seeing them and I'm like, they look kind of familiar hmm. and their names sound very familiar too. So I was surprised to see that, you know, they were actually the protagonist in their own game. And then it of course spawned, a couple of sequels that that came out down the line. And I was looking for something that you know is a little different than what I normally play. You know, I mostly review like platformers, occasionally a beat 'em up or you know, like an adventure type game. And I was looking for something that you know I could just kind of jump into and almost like a time killer. Yeah. In a way. So, you know, when I saw that this was a a puzzle type game, I'm like, okay, this is cool. So, I you know, started playing it last week, and um, I got sucked in fairly quickly. Um, the gameplay reminds me of um, Bomberman a mm -hmm. little bit. Yeah, uh, like the I've you know I've talked about the Wario versus Bomberman game that I reviewed a long time ago on the show, where you have to kind of manipulate the environment around you in order to move you know throughout the the castle that you're in. Basically, what the um, the the story is, so um, the player assumes the role of Lolo, a round anthropomorphic character who attempts to rescue Princess Lala, who has been kidnapped by the evil King Egger. Lolo travels to Egger's castle with 50 rooms arranged in 10 rooms of five. Within each room, he must collect several hearts in order to open a treasure chest and collect the gem inside, which will open the exit to the next room or floor. I love how the game is organized because it actually feels pretty extensive mm -hmm. and large, even though all the puzzles take place in one room. And then once you get the gem, you know, you move on to, you know, room two on floor one. And then yeah. from there is a puzzle. Um, it's very trial and error heavy, because it doesn't really explain much yeah. of anything at all, <laughs> which um, there is I, quite I found a, out very quickly. a learning curve. To, to what you're supposed to do in this game. I didn't really get it when I was a kid. 
and because I had rented this when I was, I remember renting it and didn't really like it as a kid. And then I played it again, you know, when, when it popped up on the, uh, the Nintendo switch online. And then after playing it for a while, you kind of get the gist of what's going on in the game. And this game, like you said, it is rather large. Uh, and it says, I was trying to look up how many levels were in the game and it has 50 rooms arranged in 10 floors of five. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. It is, especially for an NES game. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we we look back at some of the games we've talked about, and it takes you, like, 30 minutes, maybe, to complete, maybe 45. But th- this, you can invest a lot of time mm-hmm. into this. And it, it depends, like you said, there's a, a learning curve to what you have to do because it doesn't tell you anything <laughs> on how to play. <laughs> or really what you got to do. You just got to see what the environment is and figure it out from there. And you you do have certain abilities that you can achieve throughout the game, but they're very limited. So like these hearts you pick up that are throughout the map, some of them will give you um, like two shots that you can like use to shoot enemies. What you do is, so like one of the more common enemies looks kind of like a green snake. What you do is you shoot it and it encases it in a like an egg type thing. Mm-hmm. And then you can either push it around to, you know, move it out of your way. You can also use it as a bridge to cross water. Or if you want to get rid of it completely, you shoot it again and it flies off screen temporarily. And then after a minute or two it comes back. That was one and this is kind of my my embarrassing story of <laughs> of the game on the second or third map there was this snake in my way and so i i'm like but when i shoot it it's going to like be knocked up against the tree and it's going to block my way and like i can't like i can't move i don't know what to do and there's a way if you if you mess something up or say like you only have a very limited amount of ammo and you can't get it refilled in that portion of the the puzzle you can hit the select button and you can restart but it's at the expense of a life (laughs) and i spent several lives trying to figure out what to do and then i just was like well let me just shoot it again and then it flew off screen and i'm like you've got to be kidding me (laughs) it was it was that simple so that but that's the I, thing about the game is it makes you have to think about these kind of things and it like you said it's not you're not nothing is explained to you this is all the just the type of stuff you have to learn along the way Mhm Oh to answer Mushmouth's question uh the game I was talking about earlier is called Wario Blast featuring Bomberman for the Game Boy Um I reviewed it a couple of years ago I think Mm, It's in the archive, so you can just type in Wario Blast and you'll find it. But what I I like about the the difficulty of the game is that they add just enough in each puzzle to make it a little more difficult. Not vastly more difficult, but you just, you keep, you know, it gets a little more difficult, like you add in another enemy or two, the hearts are a little harder to get. Um, there are also new items that you can find, like you get to, you know, remove a brick from the map or a rock from the map, and you can only do it once. So you have to, <laughs> you have to choose your shot wisely. Yeah. Um, but it it's really cool, and that you know, I honestly think, as I was playing the game, I was like, this would make a great mobile game. Mm-hmm. That's what I was just about to say. Like, why is this game, the, at least this game mechanic, not been brought to the the mobile gaming? Like, like it's the perfect mobile type game. And I hate to say this, but you know they could make money off of uh, 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 microtransactions off a game like this. Or you know, I would pay. I would pay just five bucks for a game. <clears throat> that's a great time waster like this game is and yeah. you know get rid of all the ads and all that kind of stuff you know yeah it, that kept going through my mind as i was playing through the various puzzles because i'm like 
this is perfect for like if you're in my case sitting in an airport or if you're like at the doctor's office or somewhere and you need something to just kill 10 15 minutes of your time like this is perfect for that and i i know this game spawns sequels but i feel like this genre of gaming should have more attention and, and I, I think the mobile platform is where it should be. And I can't think of any other games that kind of use the same game mechanic. Like, this game was a takeoff on, like you said, like the um, the Bomberman sort of... Like, it, you can see the similarities in where Lolo kind of took things from Bomberman to make this game, but why nobody ever took Lolo and built on that to make something else similar. Like I don't, I don't understand why this game was kind of a a weird little one off, especially you know for the the NES. I can't think of any other games like this. Well, it says here that uh, the game was followed by two sequels for the Famicom and two sequels for the NES. The Japanese Adventures of Lolo and Adventures of Lolo Two, consisting of new stages. The American Adventures of Lolo 2, which was a compilation of stages from earlier games, and Adventures of Lolo 3. Huh. A Game Boy follow-up was released in 94, but uh, was localized with the same name, Adventures of Lolo. I didn't even know it had sequels to it. I didn't either. Um, not until I was you know, doing some research earlier today. So, it, it caught on enough that it spawned a couple of sequels. But honestly, like, I I think of... I'll always think of Lolo and Lala as the Kirby villains. Yeah. Because what's funny is one of the big aspects of this game is you have to move these uh, blocks around to manipulate um, some of the enemies, like, attack patterns and whatnot, because if you get hit once, you're dead. And there's really no way that you can fight them because you have to save your ammo to solve the puzzle. So what you have to do is manipulate the environment. So like if there's this bat-like creature that's flying from left to right, then what you have to do is move these blocks, you know, to kind of manipulate his path where he's not shooting at you. Hmm. And that's an aspect of um the boss fight in Kirby's Dreamland. You're on this multi-tiered uh platform set and they're pushing blocks in your direction, and you have to, you know, suck up the block and then somehow get behind them and shoot them with it. Yeah. So they even incorporated that a little bit into, into Kirby's Dreamland, which I actually thought was kind of cool. I just, at the time, I didn't think of it because I'd never played this game, you know, up until recently. But that was a cool little nod that they threw in there. I just wonder if, if maybe. Uh... Um, puzzle games like this just didn't do all that well. I mean, I mean, obviously it did well enough. I mean, people know the adventures of Lolo, but it just seems kind of like these kind of time waster, and I hate using the term time waster, but you know what I mean. It's like a good little puzzle game didn't really take off until, you know, handhelds and mobile phones. Yeah, I think also, you know, when people think of puzzle games, I feel like most think of Tetris. Yeah. Or like Dr. Mario, something mm -hmm. in that style of play. And of course, yeah. you know, I love Tetris, but I, I agree with you. I think this genre is more suited for the handheld. Like th this would have been a great thing to have on the Game Boy. Yeah. Back in the day. And, you know, even now, like we're saying with possibly having it as like a mobile app you play these types of games when you're usually not at home where you're waiting on something somewhere. Mm -hmm. And I, I guess time killer would be a more polite term instead yeah. of a time waster. <laughs> like you're, you're finding a way to fill time yeah. while you're, while you're waiting on something. Uh, it says there but, was a game boy follow-up released in 94 in Japan. Uh, mm -hmm. But it doesn't, I don't know if it was released in America or not. I don't think it uh, was. I don't believe so. Which is unfortunate. But all in all, like, I actually really 
really enjoyed this game. I like a good puzzle game. I don't think I play them enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm always looking for new types of games, like new platformers, new puzzle ga- games. And this was really a lot of fun. And I'm glad that I finally got to sit down and play it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's I'm sure you have this experience too whenever we, we do reviews. When you play this game that, you know, you might have missed out on, but you might have heard about, and it just, it's like it unlocks something in your brain. Yeah. <laughs> where you're like, oh, I remember reading about that in Nintendo Power or EGM, or I remember seeing a commercial for it on TV. And that that's what this was for me. And this was, this was really cool. And I think Lolo <clears throat> is such a, a, a cute little simple character. Like, it looks like he fits into the Kirby universe. Like, I think he would make an, a good antagonist for, for Kirby. Or maybe even a team-up. Yeah, like, why, why not bring him back in that franchise? I mean, he's been there before. You could either have him as an antagonist, or maybe he's a reformed villain. Yeah. And you do, like you said, a, a Kirby-Lolo team-up. Bring him back in sort of a, maybe a 2D side-scroller sort of thing. Like a mm-hmm. platformer. I mean that that seems to be a thing now with like you know with the new Super Mario games that have come out over the years. Sega went back to the the well with Sonic Superstars and bringing back you know the classic Sonic gameplay. Why not do it with Kirby? Yeah, because I mean, it, I think all the Lolo characters should just be brought over to maybe the Kirby the Kirby verse and put them all in there. Yeah. No, I think that'd actually be really cool. And it seems like every how Laboratories too kinda all always did stuff like this where they kind of flew under the radar, but they were actually a pretty decent developer back in the eighties. I don't think we've played uh any bad How Laboratory games. No, they're responsible for Kirby, the Super Smash Brothers games. Uh well the first two Smash Brothers games. And um also worked on the the Mother series, which we know is oh, Earthbound. Oh yeah. So, yeah, Hal's got a a good a good little reputation, um, and I I love their logo with the the sleeping dog. Yeah. It's, it's oh, they did great. Daydreaming Davy too. Did we we haven't? Um, no, I I don't think I've uh, reviewed this before. This actually might be something I want to um, review here soon because I remember Daydream and Davy was kind of a big deal there for a hot minute back in the uh, early 90s um, and actually it was right around the time that the uh, the Super Nintendo came out so it kind of got lost in that that little nether region of right when the Super Nintendo came out and everybody kind of forgot their NESs for a bit yeah, the Super Nintendo was like the the cool new kid that moves into the neighborhood that everybody wants to hang out with. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and actually, I clicked on Daydream and Davy here, and it actually it says uh, it is an action adventure and role player role playing game similar to Legend of Zelda. So, hmm, Ooh. might have to check this out. I think you should. the The character look reminds me of The Simpsons. It does. <laughs> it does a <laughs> lot. But yeah, as far as Lolo goes, I mean, I I played it uh, for a bit. Of, I'd say probably you know a couple of years ago when you know they put out the the Nintendo Online. It was one of the first games they put out for for Nintendo Switch Online, um, and it's a fun game. It's just not something that I've gone back to very often. But I should start playing it more because I really do like this game. I think if Anybody out there has never played it, at least go give it a try for a bit. Yeah, no, I, I'm right there with you, you know. I'm I'm glad that I finally got a chance to play it, and I've really enjoyed it. It's a good, dare I say, underrated yeah. puzzle game. And even, you know, when the, the game was released, um, it received positive reception from critics and fans alike. Lolo's success was surprising to its developer, HAL Laboratory. Game Set Watches... Uh, Todd, I'm going to get this name wrong, but I'm going to try it anyway. Seolik called it the leader of the block-shoving movement, garnering a cult <laughs> following. 
IGN called it one of uh, Satoru Iwata's successes, describing it as something that was all about fun, appeal, and simplicity over an abundance of bells and whistles. That sums it up perfectly, in my opinion. It's a simple game. It's not flashy, but it's solid, and it's fun. Yeah, And I really enjoyed it. IGN's Lucas M. Thomas felt that it would be intriguing to fans of puzzle action games, calling it simple on the surface, but deceptively complex once you get going. And GameSpy's Benjamin Turner said that it was hard as hell and would put any Mensa member to the test. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I like that. Yes, gameplay has been compared to several other video games by critics. GamePro's Heidi Kemp's compared Ivy the Kiwi's gameplay to Lolo. I've never heard of that, but it sounds really intriguing. I haven't either. Let's see. Oh, it came out in Japan in 2009. Oh, Ivy the Kiwi. Hmm. There's no screenshots or anything here, so I can't say what it looks like. Yeah. Selby Bateman of Game Players Magazine compared the adventurous experience of Lolo to Zelda II The Adventure of Link, calling the former more sophisticated. This is a better game than Adventure of Link. Yeah, don't... I'm going to go ahead and say that right now. Don't besmirch Lolo's good name by comparing it to Legend of Zelda 2. Yeah, Lolo didn't do nothing to nobody. <laughs> you leave you leave him alone. But, but uh, yeah, this... Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah, you can go ahead. I was going to ask your, uh, your, your number grade. Okay. Yeah, so like I said, I this game was worth the wait. Um, it's a really fun game to just lay on your couch, or if, like I said, if you're waiting on something somewhere, it's a great game to just kill time. And I would give this game a solid seven. It's not bad. Good to see. It, it's yeah. It's uh. Well, I'll say seven and a half. I'll give it a little bit more, but I, you know, I think the graphics are on par with really any any NES game of that time. Mm-hmm. The music's jaunty, you know, like it's not my favorite music, but I don't. It doesn't take away from the experience. It's just kind of there. Yeah, but it's also one of those kind of games where you don't really need. It's one of those games where you can play t- play it while watching TV, and you can mm-hmm. just turn the sound down, and you can still play the game while watching something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But, but awesome. Yeah, that's that's what I give uh, the Adventures of Lolo. Uh, and I'm not sure yet what I'm going to be reviewing next week. I just put up a, a Patreon poll yesterday, so you three dollars and up members, please head over to Patreon.com and uh, slash Nerd Cave Retro. Let me look and see what it's at right now. Uh, let's see. Let me go to the front page here. Oh, of course, that's open micers and not. <laughs> I've got two Patreons that I have to to keep up with here. All right, let's go to uh, Nerd Cave Retro here and look at the poll for you to help me pick what to do. And right now, the tick for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System is winning uh, over Monster Party and The Goonies 2. So head over there. Let me know what you want me to review for next week. If that wins, I'm going to yell spoon really loud at the end of next week's episode. I can't believe I've never reviewed that game. I could have sworn that I reviewed The Tick, but I looked back through the archives, and guess what? It's not there. That's why I hear it. Well, this is episode 362, and we're still finding games that we're like, yeah, we we talked about that maybe year one, but no, we, (laughs) we haven't. There's no, still plenty out there. I think what it was is I had wanted to do the the tick and um, spawn at, uh, around the same times because I was playing them both around the same time, and I think I reviewed spawn and not the tick. So okay, we'll see. yeah, yeah. Chuck in the chat room yelling spoon, spoon. <laughs> um, I love that cartoon back in the day. Oh God, I I love the live action one with uh, Patrick Warburton. Oh, early... yeah, that was great. And he was the perfect oh, choice for the tick. So he was born to play that part. Yes, he was. I couldn't get into the newer tick, live action tick, because I just I just wanted Patrick Warburton back. God, I'd love to interview him one day. Oh, and if you've never seen that live action tick series, please do yourself a favor. Go buy the DVD or 
wherever it's available to stream and please go watch it. It's one of the funniest TV shows ever made. And for some reason only did one, like a half of a first season. So, uh, so good. Yeah, it's great. But, uh, what's going on with the Derek diamond experience? Yeah. So this week, uh, is episode three ninety three. So getting ever so close to that, that big 400 number, Mm -hmm. Uh, This week, I interviewed actress Krista Dane King. Um, She was in a film. It was like a time travel film called Altered Reality, which is doing a a limited theatrical run right now. But she uh, talks about that, um, some other aspects of her career. And we actually have a a pretty deep discussion about a a role she had in a movie called The Caregiver, where she plays a, a woman who's diagnosed with ALS and really showcases like, the decline of someone with that type of condition. And she yeah. talks about preparing for that. So really fun chat. Go check it out now at linktree.com slash D diamond podcast. And last week on the open micers podcast, Mr. Jacob Craig finally made a return to the show after being uh, sick for like a month and a half, finally got himself healthy enough to do an episode. And we talked to comedian Rob Hayes, who his new special frontin' it just dropped on YouTube a couple of weeks ago, and it is freaking hilarious. So go check out that last open micers episode with comedian Rob Hayes, and then immediately go watch his stand up special on YouTube. You will not regret it. Yeah, I'm excited to watch it. But uh, I think that's just about it for this week. Is that it? I think so. That's, is that everything? Is that a show? We're we calling that I- a show. I think the only thing we have to do is put a nice little bow on it. Yeah, let's do that. If you want to email us, email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. Nerdcaveretro.com is our link tree that includes all of our socials, our Patreon. We have a Discord link on there. We've got the merch shop link on there. And we've got ways to give us money. If you don't want to be a patron every month, just slide us a couple of bucks on Cash App and PayPal. If you want to go buy something, ncrmerch.com takes you to our merch shop. And when you eat, we've got t-shirts, hats, stickers, magnets, bags, mugs, whatever your nerdy little heart desires. And if you can't do that, we understand times are tough. But if you love the show, tell a friend and go leave us a review or a five-star rating on all the podcasting platforms where you listen to the show. So please, Derek, tell them what it's all about. May the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. Yes. Wise man say, forgiveness is divine, but never pay full price for late pizza. Hey, Derek, have you heard the news? What news? We officially have our very own line of coffee at brezcoffeeco.com. That's right. Nerd Cave Retro now has its very own medium roast coffee. If you want to try it yourself or even some of the other awesome flavors like Wizard's Potion, which is a butterscotch, caramel, and hazelnut flavored roast. Or the Dragon's Breath Roast, which is a cinnamon dolce flavored roast. They have tons of different flavors and you can also just get a regular Colombian roast and add any flavor to it that you want. They even keep their seasonal roasts all year round. If you need that boost to get you through those all-night gaming sessions, then head over to brezcoffeeco.com and use the promo code NCR for 10% off your order. This podcast is a Zoo House LLC production. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hi. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode, and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. 
Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.